All right. We might, we might be on to something there. I think sermons are a lot more interesting when the kids are sitting right up here. It keeps everybody on their toes. Good job, J.E., and good job, children. We are starting a brand new series today, and this series is called Christmas Light. Christmas Light. And I wonder where this tradition might have come from. You know, right here on these trees, we see there's these little Christmas lights. By the way, I want to say thank you to Twyla. This is beautiful up here, the the uh, whole deal. Yeah, thanks. And uh, I love the way we have the manger. This is awesome. So where did this come from, this little, this, uh, you know, this tradition of having lights on trees? And I can imagine, I think maybe it might have happened from some women getting together, or maybe more uh, aptly some wives getting together, and they thought, hey, you know what would be great is in December if we had something for our husbands to do. And so what if we got some lights, and what if we got some lights together that when you put them in a box, that then when you open them next December, they're all tangled up. That'd be great. Let's, let's come up with something like that. And let's, let's make them put them somewhere where they have to get on a ladder in the snow, and they have to climb up really high into a dangerous place. And, and this committee of, of wives kind of put this together. And then somebody said, I got one more idea. If one of the lights is out... The whole strand is out, and then they'll have to find that one light that's out. So I, I doubt that's the way it happened. I'm just being silly. Uh, actually, I know that that's not the way it happened. We can trace the history of these Christmas lights all the way back to medieval times. Medieval times when followers of Christ lit candles during the time that they believed that Jesus was born to say that Jesus is the light of the world, that he came as a baby, as the light, into a dark world. Is it any wonder that a star announced his birth? The light was announcing that the light of the world has come to a dark, dark world. Is this a dark world? Some, I'm thankful that children don't know yet that it is. But I got some questions. Is there greed and hatred and war in the world? It's, it's a dark world. Are there children with no one to care for them? Is, are there children that will starve to death today in the world? It's a dark world. Is there prejudice and slavery and human trafficking even today in our world? It's a dark, dark world. It was dark for one man on Valentine's Day. He woke up and he went and sat down and had breakfast with his wife. And while they were at the table, his wife said, you're not going to believe this. I had this dream last night, and I dreamt that on Valentine's Day that, that I got a gift, that I got the gift of a beautiful diamond necklace. And, and she winked at him and said, what do you think that dream might mean? And he winked back, and he said, we'll find out tonight. Let's, we'll see. And so she made this really great dinner, and, and it was romantic, and they had candlelight and music, and it was a wonderful dinner. And then near the end of the dinner, he pulled out a gift, and, and he opened it up, and, and, or, or she opened it up, she unwrapped it. And it was, it was a little bigger than she thought, because she's thinking a necklace would be, you know, that size, and it was a little bigger, about like that. It was still thin, and she thought, oh, maybe it's a really big necklace. So she unwrapped it, and she pulled it open, and it was a book that said, How to Interpret Your Dreams. Dark, dark day. Dark time for that man. Uh, just saying, guys. Got to do a little better than that. I don't have to tell you jokes, and I don't have to tell you stories about how dark the world is. You know that the world is a dark place, and that's why we love to hear the, the scripture that Jim read to us today. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 2. 
the people walking in darkness have seen a great light on those living in the land of the shadow of death. A light has dawned. I'll tell you this, you all are going to see these Christmas lights all over our town. You're going to see them in your homes and on other people's homes for the next several weeks. And every time you see them, I want to encourage you to think about the light that has dawned, about the hope that has risen, about the one that came into this dark, dark world and that came into our lives. I've asked five children, because their children are staying in here, I've asked five children to come and read our scripture text for us today, and I gave this to them last Wednesday, and there may be a couple of them that aren't here. We'll see. So it's supposed to be Malik and Kaylin and Katie and Tanea and Jensen. You guys, come on up quickly. Come on up here. And it looks like Monique, uh, I mean, sorry, Malik and uh, Tanea are not here. So do I have two other uh, kids that are very, that are maybe third or fourth graders that know how to read really well, that would like to read. Anybody that wants to volunteer, you want to give it a shot? Or fifth graders? I've... Scarlett, you want to read? Zoe, you want to read? You're a good reader, you don't want to read? Okay. Will, you want to read? You can if you want. Come on up here. I got it right. I... Okay, so what we'll do is we'll, uh, we'll let, Will, you come here. You stand right here. We'll have Will, and then we'll have Kaylin, and then we'll have Katie next. Katie, you stand next to Let's do it this way. Come right here, Kaylin. You stand right. Kaylin, don't, don't direct. Just come stand right here. There you go, sweetie. That's great. And then Katie, you stand right there next to her. And then, to, uh, let's see. And then Scarlett, you stand right here. And Jensen's going to be last, okay? And we're going to let you guys read the Bible for us. And I've got the words right here in case. So you're going to read this verse right there up to the, the number two. Verse one. This is, from, this is from John chapter one, verses one through five. Okay, that was great. Let's do it one more time where we can hear you. I didn't have it. In the beginning, the word was okay. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. Okay, good. Very good. And the word was with God. Okay, good. That's the first verse. All right, the second verse. Let's hear what you got, Kaylin. It's He was with God in the beginning. Okay, and the third verse? him all things were made without him nothing was made that has been made good the fourth verse is right here start right there where it says in him in him was life and that life was light of men good and jensen has the last verse the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it all right thank you kids very good Thank you, Kaylin. So from the book of John, chapter 1, verses 1 through 5, I just want to think about two things today, two quick points, as we think about Jesus being the light of the world, coming into this dark world. And as Christians, we can sometimes we can so concentrate on that awful, ugly stuff that I mentioned at the beginning that we can forget Jesus came to shine in our darkness. Our darkness. That's the first point today. Jesus came to shine in your darkness. What do you mean, John? I mean, I don't really have that much darkness. What are you talking about? But two times in the book of John, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Let's look at those two verses real quick and see if that helps us as we try to figure out what is the, this way that maybe he shines in our darkness. The first one is John chapter 8, verse 12. This is what he says. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, 
I'm the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. This text follows immediately after a story about a woman who was caught in adultery. Most of you know that story about a woman who was caught in adultery. And Jesus finishes that conversation by saying these two things to that woman. I do not condemn you. That's the first thing. And secondly, he says, leave your life of sin. Jesus shines light into this woman's life by not condemning her. And last time I checked, he didn't come to condemn you either. He came to save you. Jesus came to this earth because he loves you. And some of you today really needed to hear that because all you can think of when you hear the name Jesus or when you hear about the Heavenly Father is condemnation. Some of you here today think that Jesus brings the weight and the dark cloud of condemnation into your already already condemned life. But he doesn't. Romans 8 verse 1 says, it says something like this. I had it in my memory. And it says this. Romans 8, verse 1. You know what? I, I think there's something wrong with my microphone, and it's really distracting. So why don't we just turn on this microphone right here, and I'll stay. I won't move again, okay? Let's just use this microphone. Thanks. So Romans chapter 8, verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation. How much condemnation? None. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And then 1 John chapter 3, verse 20. When our hearts condemn us, God is greater than our hearts, and he knows everything. See, our hearts condemn us sometimes, and we think, I'm just no good. But God is greater than that. Well, what is it that he knows? It says he knows everything. What is it that he knows? Psalm 103 says that God knows we're made out of what? Dirt. We're made out of dirt, or we're made out of dust. And I love Dennis, Dennis Moore. His quote is, how much can you expect out of dirt? You know, not very much, right? Isn't that what you say, Dennis? Okay. Jesus shines in her life by not condemning her. He also shines in her life by giving her direction for her future. Leave the way you've been walking. Follow me, and you won't be walking in darkness. You see, he's speaking to a woman who's done more than just made a, a couple of mistakes. He's talking to a woman who's been living a certain way in her life, a way that has been dark a way that has been painful. And Jesus shines in her life by showing her a better way to walk. And some of you needed to hear that today. Because some of you have given up the hope that there is any other way to walk except the way you're walking right now. You think, this is the way I am, and I'll never change, and nothing will ever be different. And that is a lie from a very bad place. That is not true. Some of you needed to hear that today because some of you are thinking about going back to the darkness that you've come out of. Some of you need to hear today that Jesus loves you so much and he wants to give you a better way to walk. That's the first scripture. The second scripture is this one where Jesus calls himself the light of the world. He says this, Neither this man nor his parents sinned, but this happened so that the work of God might be displayed in his life. As long as it is day, we must do the work of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. While I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. Jesus shines light in your darkness by opening your eyes like he did this blind man. By opening your eyes to places that you are blind. All of us have blind spots in our life. Some people don't want to admit that. They want to say, oh no, I, I know myself. Well, I'm going to say you probably don't. And you can be mad at me if you want, 
And, 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 but, but I want you to think a little bit for a second. Complainers and gossips and people who are just flat mean oftentimes don't even know that about themselves. They have blind spots. Everybody else, everyone in the room knows, oh, yeah, I know who you're talking about, John. By the way, I'm not talking about anybody, okay? I'm just saying in generalities. Everybody in the room knows except that person. Or some people are just inconsiderate or they interrupt all the time or they're just selfish and they don't even realize they're doing those things because they have blind spots. Some people have blind spots about what they believe or what they don't believe. Blind spots about things we were taught in our past and we just hugged those things and we grabbed a hold of them and we haven't really studied the Bible to see if they're true or not. And we have these blind spots about our beliefs thinking that they're biblical when they're not. Jesus is light and he says, you watch me Follow me. Walk right behind me and your eyes will begin to be open. This man, John Krakauer, wrote this book, Into Thin Air, a couple of decades ago or 15 years ago, something like that. And he wrote it about an expedition to Mount Everest in 1996, I believe was the year. And it was the worst day on Mount Everest ever when the most amount of people died in one day trying to summit Mount Everest. And as John Krakauer was there on that mountain, and he writes about his firsthand experience, he tells about one of the guides that was there that day. His name is Andy Harris. Andy Harris, he, he said, was the greatest guide on the whole mountain. Andy Harris that day helped some people come down in the middle of a storm that wouldn't have been able to find their way down. He saved their life. He brought them down to the base camp or to camp three or four. And then he headed back up to save some more people that were close to the top. He got to the top and he got them started down, got them down on the trail and they were walking down. And then he decided he just needed to rest for a little while at the very top camp. And the people in base camp on the radio began to realize something was wrong. And they called Andy on the radio and they said, what are you doing? And he said, I just need to rest for a little while. And they said, no, 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 you can't do that. The storm is getting worse. You have to get out of there, Andy. He said, no, I'll be fine. I, I just, I think I need a little oxygen. And they said, oh, good, that's great. Because they all knew at the place he was at, there was plenty of oxygen that was full, canisters that were full of oxygen. They had just put them there. And they told him that, get that oxygen, turn it on, you're going to feel better, come down. And he said, I already went and looked, and they're all empty. But the only, the only thing is, he was wrong. See, the sickness that you get at altitude had begun to set in, and Andy Harris couldn't read the gauges. And they begged him to please try one more time, but he was convinced. He said, no, no, 